0: everyone, thanks so much for joining us. You're listening to Transforming Conversations with Heinrich Titus. This episode is part of a series of conversations with this year's Convergence speakers. Shafar is 30 years old this year, and we're gearing up for a big celebration with fantastic speakers lined up. In this episode, Heinrich speaks to Langa Humbunambi, a pastor and singer-songwriter based in Johannesburg. Langa is passionate about cultural engagement and has founded a clothing label and the We Will Worship movement.
1: We're very excited to have Langa Bonambi with us today. Uh, my name is Heinrich Titus. For those of you guys maybe tuning in for the for the first time, and uh, of course Langa is a he's a singer songwriter and is a pastor living in Johannesburg, Josie, the city of grace, the city of gold. And Langa is a is a pastor at uh, at every nation. And, um, I think, uh, you guys are in Milders Drift, uh, longer? Uh, yes. Yes. We are currently based in Milders Drift. Awesome.
2: Awesome. That's and, amongst other things, side. for those who don't know, that's Kruger's Dorp side, kind of between Kruger's Dorp. Yeah. So that's, that's the area we're in.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful part of the world. Um, I, I've, I've had a couple of weddings there, uh, and it's quite a, it's quite a gem. Yep, yeah, that's this. Married
2: you, so I'm not surprised yet. You, you haven't you've done a few weddings this way,
1: yeah. Um, so, amongst other things, also uh, being such being a pastor, Langa's also the founder and the creative director of a clothing label called the uh, Cinquat, which I think means uh, daily bread or living bread, Langa. Uh, it means our bread. But it comes from
2: uh daily bread in the Lord's Prayer. Uh yeah. Yes. Yeah, so come on. The, yes, give us our daily bread. Yeah. So
1: that's okay. Give us our daily bread. And um so that's a clothing, clothing range sort of um a cultural engagement dream that, that you've that you've launched along and of course you're involved also. Uh, in the, the gospel music industry, I started the uh, We Will Worship. Um, I think it's nothing less than a, a gospel music uh, movement in our, in our country, as well as the Tomorrow Culture Foundation. So you've got a whole lot of different balls that you're juggling, a whole lot of different uh, passions that uh, that's running through your through your blood. Of course, first and foremost, you I, I know you're a family man and you're married uh, to an artist. You guys have got four. Four beautiful uh, kids as well. Maybe let's start there, man, before we get into the church stuff and into the, the, the clothing and the music. Uh, tell me a little bit more about uh, Langa and Bernardi and the kids. Uh, are you born and bred Johannesburg? Is that where where you saw the light of day? Is that where you guys fell in love with the whole thing, just uh, got uh, got launched there? Or what's your, just as a family? Is Bongi related to you? Sorry, I just have to ask this question. Is Bongi the Springbok rugby player? Is he related to you?
2: Uh, <laughs> he, he, is, he, is not, he is related to me. I'm a distant cousin. Uh, however, I must say, uh, having a Springbok with your surname is the most awesome thing because all of a sudden, now people can pronounce my surname. Just quickly, man, tell
1: me a bit more about the Bonambi family.
2: Yeah, so we've been married for 13 years now. We've got uh, four kids. Uh, It's two girls, two boys. Eldest is, well, they'll all be 11, nine, seven, 9, 7, and 5, I think by the end of the year. Um, uh, Two girls, two boys. Uh, We've... uh, Kind of, I guess, in our South African context, a bit alternative lifestyle because we homeschool. Uh, People think, I know for other people it's normal, but it's not a common thing on this side of the world. And uh, as I said, we recently moved out to Milders Drift. So we live out on a farm. Uh, I don't farm anything. We don't farm anything. We just live on a farm. On the, on a farm, and uh, and it, the desire was really to 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 live a bit of a slower life, uh, and uh, to give ourselves the best chance to live and use as a as a family, and uh, that's why we are out here. And so that's us. Uh, uh, my wife is the school principal here at home as the. As the, the 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 leader of the homeschool squad, uh, she's also a photographer, and um, and so we both run various businesses, small businesses on our own. Um, so it's uh, quite a, an eventful life that we
1: that we lead at the moment. Yeah, sounds sounds like it, a man, but I think obviously um, being involved with. You know all the many different um, facets of life, ministry, life, and fashion and music. Um, I suppose it does help that you have that flexibility in terms of uh, the homeschooling as well, and, and have that stable base at home from which you can you, you can work. So, so I'm I'm very intrigued, you know, just to, to to hear that you guys have decided to make some radical changes, moving where you've moved to and obviously the lifestyle that you guys are intentional about um, living. So Lange, it it sounds to me like, like you've had to make a couple of decisions eh, around how you wanted to just fulfill your calling, your, your purpose, your destiny. How how did did your journey with the Lord sort of um, develop from, I suppose, I don't know if you had your encounter with Christ that adversity and wrestling with what does it mean to be a believer in South Africa and, now you're living in the Bundesman, you've got this family there. Your kids are beautifully spaced out two years, sounds, two, two boys, two girls. It's brilliant planning that you've got going there. Uh, so many different things. Um, uh, you know, was that sort of, do you sort of just almost stumble into that? Or did you have to be very intentional around this is what I want to do with my life and this is how it's going to look within the South African context? What's your journey been like just in terms of being a believer, you know, within a very particular context and culture?
2: Um, yeah, look, I, I think uh, for, for me, in terms of my my belief, I mean, I'd, I'd grown up in, in a Christian home. Uh, the kind of home where you had to go to church on Sunday, regardless of where you were on, on, on Saturday. Saturday. Uh, but I yeah. thing really changed for me was when I I was going to a discipleship relationship when I was in university, yeah. and uh, and that really changed everything for me. I had uh, someone uh, walk with me, encourage me, and just uh, raise me up in the faith. And uh, and the key part of of um, the the every nation culture was was uh, discipleship and lordship was one of the the values. And uh, was you know having Christ be Lord over your life, and so when when that was instilled in me, uh, you know decided to to make every decision based on that, on you know what Scripture says or, or what the Lord wants us as His disciples, and uh, and uh, and as you would know, you know you grow as a disciple, you grow in your what that is and what that looks like, and uh, I'm yeah. grateful you know, to, to have a wife also that shares that same value of like, Hey, love, whatever, you know, the Lord wants, we'll go in that direction. And, uh, and so, so I think being Uh a young, you know, back then being a younger couple in Johannesburg, um, just that a lot of people made excuses for not living a Christ centered life, uh, And, you know, a lot of the excuses had to do with busyness and the demands of life and the Joburg life and the busyness of it. And uh, whether people can't study once the Bible the way that they would like to because they're busy or they won't spend, they can't spend enough time with their kids because of busyness or whatever it is that they feel like they, they needed to do. We'd find that just this consistent narrative of busyness. And uh, and wherever you ask people, whenever you ask people, hey, what are your values? And people would say or order priorities, and people would always say God, uh, family, and then work. But along the way, you'd find that work would come first. And uh, and so we just decided, man, we were going to mm. stubbornly uh, put God first, put family first, and then and then career and work and and whatever else that we'd have on our plates. And so. Uh, but we just we just realized we had to fight for that. We, it, it's you know the world is not easy for us to live according to those values. Joburg itself as a city uh, is not set up for people to live according to those values, but feel like God has called us to be in joburg. and so we would find a way first, um, even if it means earning less, even if it means living further out even if it uh, means making some hard choices life and career wise. And, um, and so that's, that's how we've kind of ended up where we are. Uh, it was just, Hey, as a family, as the Mbonambi family, uh, how do we create a culture that puts God first? Um, and you know, as, as, as number one and, uh, and help us raise our kids in that way. So they also live with that understanding and that's modeled to them uh that hey god needs to come first and the things of god need to come first um in in everything that we do. Yeah. So that's us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's amazing, man. I think one of the things that has always encouraged me over the years about about every nation and and, and just even the relationship that has developed with, with shofar was to just to uh, see how passionately committed you know we we both are about discipleship and and then we take that that seriously as a mandate that the lord had had given us to not just to be disciples but also to to make disciples and uh, you know over the years watching watching every nation just um, grow and just being faithful you know to that even though there's also been changes over the years within your church family that you've just you guys have just been Hammering away at that, you know, about about the discipleship and the lordship of Jesus. And yeah, we're just so thankful for every nation, you yeah? know, just a testimony and a witness that your church family has, and not just in South Africa, but uh, but globally as well. And and I think, you know, what what I'm excited about about convergence and a guy like you coming is 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 that we can unpack that a little bit, you know, because it sounds like you say, you know, there's a cost. Uh, that, that might look different, you know, for us than to our brothers in Syria and our sisters, you know, in Pakistan. It might look different, um, but there's still a very real cost involved for, yeah. for us here in South Africa. It's how are we going to be disciples here in, in our culture, you know? That's right. No, 100%. <laughs> um
2: yeah, it, I mean, everything. And I think that's, that's one of the things that, uh, you know, you, you appreciate about, about scripture is that, you know, Jesus draws the crowd, but then he, he tells them the cost of, of following him. And, uh, and then the crowd thins out. And, uh, and it's one of those things, I think, in, in generally in Christian culture, we could do better at yeah, is actually okay. presenting the cost um, to people. Uh, I, I think we do well at drawing the crowds. Uh, we do well at, yeah, wooing them in. But but we, I think we tend to try keep the crowds. Uh, but you know, Jesus gives them the cost of following Him, and uh, so that people know what they're getting into. And, uh, and I mean, the reality is mm-hmm. you, you can't fully know what what the cost can be, but at least you can posture your heart um, to be willing to 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 to, count, to bear whatever cost may come your way, um, and uh, yeah, I mean it's, it's, it, it definitely does come at a cost. But I, I I I think generally when people pay a high cost in following Jesus, we we elevate those people and we say, wow, so and so gave up so much, or so oh, it cost so and so this much to follow Jesus. And we make it like it's um, they've done something exceptional, but but this is the daily life of a believer of a follower of Jesus. Is that we we should all be willing to count the cost, whatever that looks like, um, and and not make those that are paying a price seem like they are super disciples, and and everyone else is kind of like disciple like but there should only be kind of one standard of discipleship. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, so I'm intrigued, brother. At On the one hand, you you obviously, you know, there's um, some decisions you have made concerning your values, your family, etc. Your walk with Christ. And, and yet... Even though you're physically living out in the sticks a little bit, um, I mean, you're still very much the forefront of of cultural engagement. Um, you know, uh, thinking about the clothing range that, that you guys, uh, uh, you know, have, and 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 the music scene, and and uh, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm just curious. You know, how did you find, or how are you finding, maybe? Maybe that tension between um, the cost of following Christ as a disciple, wanting to live a holy life, wanting to be countercultural, you know, in, in in so many different ways, and and yet still being sought, you know, still still engaging in a very real way. Um, maybe, you know, just I know that there's so many guys who love Jesus, want to live holy lives, and you always have this full... You know, between that and understanding, but you know, I've also got to be in culture and make and make a difference. And and um, I mean, you, you you've just gone for it. You just you just step into that space. And and again, was that something that you consciously had to decide to do, or was it sort of something that grew grew on you as you as you just followed Jesus step by step?
2: Um, yeah. So so again, I think a, a, a lot of our thinking. This comes from what we see in scripture. And, um, and so, so a, I mean, a, a reason, a big reason why we kind of moved out again was just to be able to live according to the values uh, that we feel we should espouse to. Um, and so one, one of the things that really early on in our marriage was just to realize that, that uh, our primary responsibility as parents is to disciple our kids. Uh, I mean, I could go out there discipling people left and right, you know, in the church, through the church, and stuff. But if at home I'm doing that, then I've I've missed I've missed them. Um, firstly, was yeah. you know the thought around okay when we start having you know family or you know how can we best disciple them because that's how that becomes kind of our primary responsibility, um, and so. People, it's easy for them to do it in the middle of the city and whatnot. Um, but for us, I, I think we just found it really challenging uh, where we were and things like that. And and I guess trusted God for a bit more space. Uh, I I'm originally from Durban. I'm born, uh, love the beach. I love nature. I love you know all that stuff, and I struggled with that. Uh, there's very little kind of natural beauty uh in johannesburg we're not we're not spoiled like you guys out in stellenbosch and in the in the in the western cape um and so anything for me that helps with that is just seeing seeing more trees uh seeing more nature breathing fresher air that all just helps even in my journey with, with the lord and uh and so i guess Part of that decision was, again, just how can this help us live Christ-centered lives? Uh, and I guess we're privileged to be able to live in a place like this. Some other people don't have that option. Um, uh, but, but nonetheless, it, it, uh, we're very much within community. So we we believe everything around building strong community. Um, and it's one of the things I've really appreciated about Shofar as well Is whenever I've interacted with Shofar people, there's just a strong sense of, of community. So it's not just, hey, let's go out and make disciples. But there's a strong uh, pull in a sense to actually also connecting and loving one another as well. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, so in terms of uh, cultural engagement... We, we're everywhere, you know, we're everywhere. We, we trusted God. For the longest time, I, I, I worked in the church uh, for every nation and just in every nation. And uh, and so to some stage, I was just always surrounded by Christians. If I was having coffee, it was with Christians, counseling Christians, everywhere is Christians. And so we, we were just uh, really challenged to think around how we can minister in other spaces and, you know, be a part of the culture of what's happening in the city. And uh, and so through our small businesses, we've been able to interact with people uh, in disarming ways, uh, where people know me as Langa, Langa the designer or Langa the musician, not Langa as as the pasta guy. And, uh, and so that's been really, really great and created Uh, you know, natural ways where we can share the gospel with people and interact with people, Um, whether, you know, dealing with designers or at a clothing or fabric shop that I frequent. Um, uh, Yeah, or studios, different, having writing sessions with other musicians that are mainstream musicians. Um, So all these platforms Uh, And again, so that we can Mm. take the gospel out um, into Mm. the spaces. And it's not about, you know, I think for for me, we've learned, or for us, we've learned that it's not about standing on a soapbox in the middle of the street and proclaiming the gospel. Uh, But, you know, I know some people are called to do that, but it's, you know, it's where God places and plants us. What are the natural spaces that we're in? Uh, Where can, you know, Mm -hmm. how can we hear the gospel in those in those spaces and so so yeah so that's how we design our lives uh so that we can have the communities and moments to actually just be salt and light uh in these
1: different spaces yeah 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 i love that i love that um so you know i, I would think then that for you just influencing culture, being being salt and light, they is very much part of what you see as as the calling of the normal, you know, average Christian Christian life. Um, have there been some stumbling blocks just that that you had to navigate through? Maybe some perspectives from from your own side or from the guys. Let's say, for instance, you're working with mainstream uh, artists and you're collaborating on a song, or you're working with. Well, I, whether you would use you know all your designers or the guys that make the clothes are they all believers or, or are you sort of like engaging with different different people from different viewpoints and and, and maybe just talk us through that longer if there been some stumbling blocks you know some mind shifts maybe from your own perspective or fellow believers maybe or maybe even from the the guys who aren't uh, uh following christ yet and you found that hey, I'm meeting a certain perception here that they think all believers or Christians are like this or like that. Maybe just um, one or two, you know, to encourage some folk out there that are thinking of, of uh, also being more intentional in engaging. Mm.
2: Yeah. So one of the, uh, um, one of the things for, uh, was at some stage we looked at our lives and we saw that our time was just spent with church, people with people that already knew the lord and uh, and yet we were given this mandate to go out and make disciples and uh, and so because of that we decided to be intentional, intentional about restructuring, restructuring our, our lives, lives so that it incorporates people that don't know the lord um and so that we're intentional about being naturally being in spaces uh, where people don't know the Lord, um, and so just simple things mm. like like um, we started a soccer a soccer team. You know there are there's almost every day of the week yeah, there's some sort of league, some uh, football league that's going on a five aside. It's uh, it's quite popular this side of the world, and uh, so we started a team. You know so that we could do something that we loved, but also share about the one that we love, uh, you know? And so that became a, a quite mm-hmm. a fun thing even for the, the guys in our community mm-hmm. um, in a natural way to to just, you know, to, to share the gospel. And again, like we, we, we're we in a city where everyone is just busy, 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 busy. And so you talk about, you know, spe- uh, preaching the gospel or sharing the gospel with people. And, and there's like, where do I find time? You know, where do I find time to do this? I'm at work and then I'm at, you know, I've got to be with family and, you know, things like that. So we're looking at natural ways that, you know, people, people are, you know, doing their hobbies or whatever it is um, where they can have gospel conversations. Uh, So one of the, the, the challenges I think that we, that I found also sometimes was interacting with people and never actually sharing my faith with them uh befriending people and never actually sharing my faith with them and uh, and realize that you know there was that that sense of hey when you built a friendship you don't want to mess that friendship up by sharing your faith um but but you know if if we never share our faith how will people uh know uh how will people hear Um. um how can people come to faith uh you know so it's our role to 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 share to to share our faith at, at least and i know for some people it can be challenging the easy part can be getting into the the relationship uh, and the hard mm-hmm. part can be sharing about uh you know the the sharing having those gospel conversations and so those are some of the stumbling blocks mm-hmm. i think that we've encountered along the way um And then, uh, but it's, but it's always just been surprised, you know, like when we've actually shared our faith, how many people have come forth and said, man, you know, I used to be a Christian, or I've heard about this, or I, uh, and then it just creates these opportunities for you to journey and begin a discipleship relationship with people. Uh, But unless people know, um, I guess, where you stand and what you believe, you know, they can never ask the questions, uh, and you can never, yeah. I guess, begin
1: that journey with them. If I could put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a that's a beautiful. Um, thanks for that, my brother. Um, uh, and just for our listeners, one of the reasons why we we're just extremely excited to have Langa um, share some of his life with us and and what God has been doing. In Ethereum my Convergencies, that obviously there's been a relationship that's been, been building between uh, some of our worship guys, James um, Pringle, and uh, quite a few of the other chauffeur band guys, together with Langa and Stella and some of the other guys, and just the old beautiful collaborative worship scene that's that's happening in in South Africa now and and Solange is going to be a part of a leading worship for us at uh, at convergence and, and also just sharing with us around um how can you within our cultural context uh, follow Christ and I love what you said not just to to do what you what you love but but also to talk of the one uh whom you love um, I think it's such a powerful powerful um uh uh, motivation to have in your, in your heart. And, and so, so the worship component, I think it's been 10 years uh, um, that uh, we will worship um, has been, has been going and, and that's a long time. Eh? I, I think the last two years or so, the worship scene just with lockdown, everything, obviously God did a major reset. Uh, I think you guys have launched, what is it? Three, three albums already, at least that you guys have released. Um, probably more. Than the then those than those three, but I know you know. There's been many many awards uh, in the Christian uh, gospel music scene in South Africa, and 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 that your music has been credited with really influencing a lot of the the gospel music trends in in South Africa. Um, you know, never getting through that space, my brother. The holiness of God, the call of God, um, the all in the fame, the the uh, being well known, you know. Just the music scene at times. We know how, um, you know, sad uh, uh, the last couple of years have been. In in some cases, with regards to our worship leaders and and people that have really been influential, and have sort of uh, fallen by the wayside. And, and sometimes people can get a little bit, um, you know, skeptical about about the worship scene and. Um, maybe just something you can encourage us with, you know, about uh, what's happening. In what, what are you seeing? What are you seeing in South Africa? Uh, what is the Lord? What is the Lord doing? Uh, we're looking forward to experiencing that with you at, at Convergence, but to some of the shifts and in the, in the stuff that you've seen happening over the last few years in, in your journey as well. I know it's a mouthful, a lot of questions all in one, but uh, you, can, you can answer anyone that you... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and we probably need uh a lot longer than just a podcast for that, but um, you can you can start anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Um so I'm about within our South African uh landscape uh, music or, or worship wise is is there are more more churches and more communities writing songs. Um and that's one of the things I'm I'm really passionate about is is seeing more people or more communities telling the story of what God has, do, has promised to do within their community. Um, I think the, the challenge with the global kind of worship uh, movement or, or trends is that we now have, you know, Christian rock stars. Um, and And because of the global world that we live in, you know, if something rises to the top of the charts, then it influences what happens in many churches across the world. And uh, whereas it's one person, it's one author that's writing in a particular context, but their, their song becomes you know uh, what influences us in a whole nother context. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, however, it, it it becomes problematic when their song becomes louder than our song and their story, uh, supplants our story. Um, and, uh, and so that's why I, I'm an advocate for local churches writing their own songs and singing their own stories because it's something unique within specific communities, um, mm-hmm. I'm part of the every nation community. Uh, God is doing something, you know, specific, specific and general. Um, you know, so there's songs that we can write, very general, that anyone, anywhere can sing. But there's songs that are also very specific to our context. Mm. And uh, and so I think it, it's over the last while the general songs have dominated our our song lists. But now more and more, I think the specific songs start to uh, populate our, our song lists. Um, because you know, when you come mm-hmm. from that particular context, you can, you can more accurately tell the story of what's happening in that context. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I'm very excited by that, uh, seeing more and more communities writing their own songs. And the the challenge, though, with songwriting, because, again, we're in this global context, is that songwriters historically have written songs to try to appeal to the global market. Um, And so the songs have been very general. But now, as we've raised songwriters, in-house songwriters, uh, we're seeing more and more homegrown songs, homegrown stories uh, being sung. And I think that that becomes a better reflection of what God is doing in song or through song or sung mm-hmm. worship uh, across, the, across the nation. So, so that's one thing I'm, I'm really excited about and something, as I said, I'm an advocate for. And so it's one of the things that, that I do is I, I churches with songwriting, uh, how to kickstart basically a, a, a in-house writing culture whether you are a soul, whether you feel you're a songwriter or not, um, uh, you know, I, I think songwriting is a lot simpler than what people make it uh, out to be. But uh, but yeah, so I, I think I think um, yeah. the more we the can more have, we that, have that, yeah. the the fewer kind of Christian rock stars we'll have because mm-hmm. we'll we'll start to celebrate our own uh, our own more. Uh, as opposed to looking to, uh, you know, whoever's charting, mm. uh, whoever's the, you know, the newest, the most popular uh, mm. Christian songwriter or, or artist.
1: Yeah. Mm. That's, mm. 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 No, that's awesome. I like that. So the, at the end of the day, you know, we can leave space for for the only one who's the rock and the bright morning star that you'll uh, be the only one in numbers that gets that kind uh, of glory and adulation. Um, I want to thank you as well for the inspiration, Longer that you are to many of our songwriters as well, and and just the guys you are collaborating with. I know the uh, chauffeur band guys, uh, James and them, had an amazing weekend just now in front of you with, uh, just together. And, um, you know, one of the things... So, uh, I shared with James early on in the year. We were just thinking and praying about convergencies that are globally, but you know, specifically for us as is pastors and the uh, musicians, those occupying the the stage. There's a higher call to holiness um, than, you know, I've ever sensed before. And I, and I feel that that's also something beautifully that's coming through uh, with this deep purification that God is bringing to his church together with a shaking. Um, and again, man, I think, you know, just, we just want to commend you and honor you and thank you as well for staying the course. You know, yeah. we, uh, we need people to finish well. And I think part of that is being rooted in local community. Uh, where uh, there are people who can, can keep you accountable and, and um, see beyond the, the stage and, and all the stuff that many other people would get, ex- get excited about and, and call us out in accountability. And uh, attitudes think yeah. and, you know, when we, uh, we like you say. We yeah,
2: no, 100%. I agree with that 100%. And I uh, just want to give a shout out to, to you guys. Uh, because I, I have had, a, uh, you know, been growing in relationship with uh, some of the guys in uh, Shofar. And, um, and just how how you guys have invested in your musicians and your songwriters. Um, it, it really is something special. It's, uh, you know, maybe for you guys, it's commonplace. But as, as one that gets to kind of travel across the, the country in different spaces, it's, it is rare you know it is rare and especially for for churches to get behind these guys and uh, you know to encourage them uh, one of, one of the challenges i think with the church space is that well particularly for for leaders or pastors is everyone wants amazing worship experiences
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah you know, everyone does but not everyone is willing to invest in their people that serve in that particular ministry, and um, and uh, and so it's it's so encouraging to see you guys investing in them, investing resources, time, um, so that so that you can sing shofar songs. Um, you know, the, the challenge is that people write songs, but it's writing songs is is the first step. I think the, the hardest step is actually singing, singing those songs. Yeah. In your, in your churches mm-hmm. And uh, and choosing to trust your songs uh, Before you take on Kind of what the latest Most popular song is yeah. uh, You know Because you know those songs will work Because it's Working in churches You know um, And so often people Will just choose Rather to take the songs Yeah That are popular That are char yeah, um, and uh, and and rather that than risk singing mm. a new song, mm. a new unknown song, even though it's you know it's it's a homegrown song. So I've I've mm. just seen how you guys have really, really you know backed your guys, and uh, and there's a songwriter who's both worked served as a worship leader and also as a pastor man you know your biggest cheerleaders are your are your pastors are those guys that are like hey listen go for it you know sing that song it might be rough maybe the first two sundays <laughs> but uh but to keep you know to keep to keep at it yeah keep trusting your song and trusting mm-hmm. your songs and trusting and the more you have that
1: you know the better the songs get um yeah, yeah. Really appreciate your time, Langa. I know, I know you're a busy man. So I appreciate you taking the time out to, to just spend a couple of minutes with us and, and share some more of your heart. And just all of our listeners and our, and our, and our, uh, our viewers out there, please remember, Rise, 14th to the 16th of October. We'll have a venue down here in the Western Cape as well, up in Victoria. Um, and uh, we'll be sharing some more info with you. But if you have any questions, please go to our, our website, www.showforonline.org forward slash. Convergence, you'll see all the info on the speakers there, as well as um, where you can donate. How uh, hard to get this to make, uh, this Convergence as accessible and as affordable as possible. So please consider just donating and helping us to get as many people as possible there. We don't want finance to stand the way of anybody coming to receive a blessing. Alanga, thank you so much, my brother, for, for your heart and uh, I'll thank you for your time and the investment. And I know that you are also praying for our church family. We really, really appreciate that. Um, So thanks a lot, my brother.
2: Yes, thanks. Thanks for having me. So
1: looking forward to being with you in October.
0: We hope this conversation has blessed you and that you'll join us at Convergence. Registrations are now open on our website, shofaronline.org forward slash Convergence. You can also keep an eye on our Facebook and Instagram pages by following Shofar Christian Church or visit the website for more info about the other speakers. And be sure to listen to the other episodes in our series of speaker interviews.